I'm life and business coach, Samantha Sifring, and this is the Online Business Building Mamas podcast, where you learn how to build a wildly successful business from home while raising kids. Welcome to episode 44 of the Badass Mother podcast. I am really excited for today's episode. It started as one episode and I've actually decided to break this up into three. So I'm super excited. But before that, happy April. I am really curious how your first quarter of the year has gone, what plans you're making for the second quarter. Um, I'm curious if you make quarterly goals. I did not used to make quarterly goals, but it is something that one of my coaches really believes in, you know, looking at setting a goal for your year and then splitting it up into four quarters and then splitting each quarter up into the three months in it. So I love to break that down. I am on target for kind of my like, first goal, but I am a little behind on my big goal, the big goal that I'm working for this year. So I'm feeling great because I am on track for a six-figure year, but I'm not on track for the multiple six-figure year that I am working towards. So it's kind of like part of me is feeling amazing, like, oh my gosh, this is happening. I'm doing amazing work and loving it and very profitable. So that's fantastic. And the other part of me is like, oh, how am I going to get to this goal? So I am feeling that in between. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that in between of like so proud of where you are right now, but also feeling the stretching and feeling the growing towards what's to come. So if that is you... This is just the beginning. We are one quarter of the way through this year. You still have three quarters. And what I have always experienced in my business is that it just ramps up over the course of the year. That as I grow, my business grows, and I don't really worry about cyclical stuff. (laughs) I really think about how can I rise to the challenge? How can I take responsibility to keep growing? And to have my business keep growing. So I invite you to think about that as well as you think about the rest of the year and what is possible for you as you grow throughout the rest of the year. And to really let yourself think that this is just the beginning and there is so much more to come. All right, so today's topic is toxic words to erase from your vocabulary. And like I said, I was going to do three different toxic words, but I've decided I'm going to do a series of three episodes. So today I'm just talking about one of those toxic words. And today I'm talking about should. And I'm going to talk about it from two perspectives. One is shoulds with ourselves. And the other is shoulds with other people. And before I dive into this too much, I wanted to talk a little bit about why I decided to do a series on toxic 
words. So as you know, before I was a business coach, I was a life coach. And through the years of life coaching, I noticed that there was a lot of different words and phrases that my clients used that were hurting them in some way or holding them back from reaching their goals and moving forward and having the happy and healthy lives that they wanted. A lot of times these words were disempowering. Sometimes they were just negative and just made them feel terrible. Sometimes they were keeping them stuck. So I have always kind of reflected on what those different words and phrases are just in general in our lives. So this is not even business specific today. This one is going to be kind of a personal thing, although you can also apply it to business. And I think should is a great place to start. So first I'm going to talk about shoulds with ourselves. So there is a very, very coachy phrase out there, stop shooting on yourself. And I think that it's kind of funny. I love seeing a client's reaction to hearing that phrase for the first time <laughs> and realizing in that instant how toxic it can be to put all of these shoulds on yourself. So I think it's first really good to just recognize how often you are using the word should when you're talking about yourself. I should do this. I should do that. Yeah, I know I should. It never feels good to say that and it actually doesn't change our behavior at all. I see should as a way that we beat ourselves up and essentially are saying I'm not good enough. Saying should towards ourselves doesn't serve a useful purpose at all. And it kind of is one of those phrases that feels like it is useful or feels like it is productive in some way, but it really isn't. It just makes us feel bad. And I think should is a way of indicating that there's something that you feel you have to do but you aren't doing it for whatever reason. So I think when you find yourself tempted to use that word, you should remember that it's an indicator, kind of like a check engine light, that there's something that you feel you need to do, but you aren't doing it. So there's kind of two questions to answer when you find yourself tempted to say should. And the first one is kind of around is this something that I actually need to do? And then why am I not doing it? So you want to first kind of dive into why you aren't doing something. So I typically find when my clients are resisting doing something, I ask them if they actually want to do it. So the first reason that we're kind of resisting is that we don't want to do it the other reason that we'll resist doing something is that we don't have a strong relationship with ourselves. So this will also go hand in hand with the amount of self-confidence you do or do not have, the amount of trust you do or do not have with yourself. So first, you'll want to find out if you want to do it. 
And then if you do indeed want to do it, then you'll want to figure out why you haven't been doing it. So this is what you need to do. (laughs) If you have discovered the reason you're not doing it is because you simply don't want to. (laughs) So I think you'll first want to ask yourself why you think you should do it and also let go of all of your judgment towards yourself. Really suspend all of your judgment and ask yourself, why do I think that I should do this? Why do I think this is necessary? Why do I think I need to do this? And from there, you can kind of assess what to do next. So like I said, I ask this question of my clients a lot. You know, is this something that you really need to do? Why do you think it's something you need to do? Do you want to do it? And this just came up in the past week with a client who was struggling in her business with her Facebook group and feeling a lot of conflicting feelings, mostly negative though, about her Facebook group, but feeling like it was a must. She specifically said having a Facebook group is a must. And as you know, I have a Facebook group. I love my Facebook group, but there are a lot of business owners out there that I see who have Facebook groups and you can just tell their heart is not in it. They don't really want it and they aren't willing to show up when the engagement isn't there. They aren't willing to stick it out when it's hard. They're in it because they think they have to do it more than this is the way that they really want to build their business. And what I want for all of my clients is for them to move towards this place where the way that they are building their business is the way that they love building and marketing their business. So I always get a little like red flag in my mind when there's a should about business because I don't really believe in any of those. Even an email list, you guys, I know that's really taboo for a business coach to say, but if you're not going to do it well, if you're not going to love it, it's not going to work. So you either need to ditch it altogether like my client who decided to ditch her Facebook group guilt-free and stop judging herself and focus on what she wants to do in her business or reframe your mind around it. So this is something that I think business specific. Your email list is something that can be so useful. There's so many good reasons to have one. And sometimes reframing your mind around it can be that thing that really helps you to shift. I also see this in some of our personal things. So, you know, feeling like I should be doing the laundry feels so terrible, right? Like I have to do the laundry. There's a lot of different ways to look at this. So first of all, you can say, well, I don't have to do the laundry. You know, we can rewear dirty clothes. We can throw away all of our clothes when they're dirty and buy new. We can hire a laundry service. There's a lot of ways to answer that question. They may not be answers you love, in which case it's time to reframe your mind around it. So maybe you decide to just have gratitude. Wow, I have a lot of really nice and amazing clothes. I get to wear different outfits every day of the week. 
and I have running water and electricity and this very fancy washer and dryer in my house that I get to do laundry whenever I want and whenever I need and I don't have to leave the house or go down to the river and wash it or go to the laundromat or whatever. You know, it is very much a third world problem to have to do the laundry in our house, in our fancy appliances. So sometimes it's something we need to ditch altogether. Sometimes we need to reframe our mind around whatever the thing that we don't want to do is. So just as a quick review, when you have shoulds with yourself, instead of using them as a weapon against yourself to feel terrible, to judge yourself, and to not actually make any progress, because remember when we tell ourselves that we should do something, we feel bad, but our behavior doesn't actually change, so it's not useful. What to do instead is first to stop judging yourself, to ditch the things that you don't want to do or reframe them, and then for the things that you do want to do, but you're not following through, to really think about your relationship with yourself, make plans to do the thing, put it in your calendar, and then follow through on those things that are important to you as if it was an appointment with somebody else. So when I have it written down in my calendar to record my podcast, even if I don't feel like it, even though I love recording my podcast, sometimes I don't want to sit down and do it. When it is written down in my calendar, I have the opportunity to show up and honor that commitment to myself and to all of you as if I would, you know, sit down and meet my client or go to the doctor's appointment that I scheduled or whatever it is. I take it just as seriously as other appointments and really honor that commitment. Same with when I schedule a walk or when I schedule movement and exercise into my calendar. You have to prioritize it in the same way that you would any other appointment. This is The number one secret to confidence, (laughs) self-confidence, is to set appointments with yourself and follow through on them. So I really, really encourage you, when you find yourself shooting on yourself, to question it, decide if you need to ditch it or reframe it, and then for the things that you're just dragging your feet on, prioritize them. Get them in the calendar. And I have other episodes on this about getting things done and following through and all of that. And you should absolutely listen to those because I go into much more detail. But these are the secrets when we are shitting on ourselves. So let's shift a little bit and talk about our shoulds with other people. Because I think there's two sides to the should question. So that first one is when we're telling ourselves that we should do things. The other is when we have expectations about what other people should be doing. First of all, vocalizing our shoulds to other people. So telling somebody, you should do this, you should do that. 
Have you ever in your life had somebody tell you that you should do something and then your life changed? You decided, yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. And then you do it. Has that ever happened? I don't think that that has ever happened for me, especially when it was unsolicited. I respond so much better to a gentle suggestion like, what about this? (laughs) Or somebody really empowering me to make my own choice. That is what I strive to do as a coach. Sometimes there are moments where it's like, this is the thing that you need to do. Just this, this, this. But most of the time, I am really helping my clients to find their own answers because I know That is the most empowering place. Just getting the answer spoon-fed to us is usually not what causes transformation. Being led to a place where we discover the answer for ourselves is so much more empowering. And I think that's true whether you're a coach working with a client, whether you're a parent parenting and disciplining your child, Or whether you are just talking to a friend or a family member or, you know, your partner or whatever. So really be conscious of when you are vocalizing shoulds to other people and really question, is this useful? Is this going to serve them? Is this just me kind of running my mouth? Sometimes, often, I think, um, we have shoulds for other people that we are not vocalizing. So we think that we're doing a great job. We're not telling people what they should do, but we have that held inside and it actually makes us feel really bad. So we are causing our own suffering when we think others should be doing something other than what they are currently doing. Because we are fighting with reality. So the reality is they're doing what they're doing. And us having some mental rules for them, Brooke Castillo calls this a manual, like we have a manual for them of how they should act. And if they would just act that way, we could feel a lot better. We have these shoulds about how they should behave and these expectations about how they should be doing things. And even if we're not vocalizing them, we are feeling terrible when they are not doing them. We are fighting with what is true. We are fighting with reality. We are denying reality. We're trying to change reality. All of these things cause suffering. When we have shoulds, For other people, we are often delegating responsibility for our feelings to that person. We are expecting that person to make us feel a certain way by them behaving in a certain way. This is not fair. This is not useful. And it's also not going to work. And it makes us miserable because the only person who can make you feel a certain way is yourself with your own thoughts. So does this mean that we can't have expectations for other people or that we have to be a doormat to whatever behavior? No. But what we need to understand is that our feelings come from our thoughts. 
And this doesn't mean that we can't also have a boundary with a consequence. And this is about our own behavior. The boundary is not about controlling somebody else or making them act in a certain way or even making them wrong for being the way they are. It's just about what we are willing to tolerate, what we are willing to be around, and what we will do if something happens that is not how we want it to be. So we don't have to feel terrible. We can feel empowered and enforce our boundary. We need to set those boundaries, understanding that they are going to act however they're going to act. And the only person we can control is ourselves. I think sometimes we have boundaries for other people and we think the whole point of setting a boundary is to control their behavior. If I set this boundary, they're going to act in a different way so then I can feel better. And that's just not how it works. How this works is that you set a boundary when they hit it or when they cross it, you respond in a certain way, you protect your emotions. You get to choose how you feel. Not that we need to feel amazing, not that we need to feel total enjoyment of when people cross our boundary, but we do need to understand that that's coming from a thought we're thinking. And often the thought we're thinking is what they did is wrong. And that causes a lot of suffering for us. And sometimes that's totally how we want to feel. Sometimes it's totally legitimate. And sometimes it's just a judgment that they are not following a should that we have set out there. So, you know, if the trash is full and I'm thinking my husband should have emptied the trash, I can feel a lot of annoyance, a lot of frustration, a lot of anger, or I can just see we both live in this house. We're equal partners. The trash is full. I'll take it out and experience no suffering at all. So really think through your shoulds for other people and understand that it doesn't mean that you have to tolerate any kind of behavior. But the more that you try to argue with reality, the more that you try to make reality wrong, the more you're going to suffer. All right, so when we're thinking about our shoulds with other people, what do we do instead? First, you want to question your shoulds for other people. So you want to kind of have that mental indicator when you find yourself thinking or saying should. That should immediately be like the check engine light in your mind that is helping you to remember and then question, ooh, is this valid? Is this something that I want to cling to? And then you'll want to ask yourself, is this somewhere that I am delegating responsibility for my feelings to somebody else? And how can I take better ownership of my thoughts and feelings in this situation? And then you'll also want to be sure that you're setting boundaries and that they are about your behavior in response to the other person and not an attempt to control the other person. All right, mamas, I hope that you took a lot from this episode. I hope it gave you something to think about. 
The reason that I decided to split up my toxic words episode into three different ones is that you could take a week to really reflect on each one that you could think about for the next week until the next episode comes out, how you're using should, how it's coming up for you. You could get some awareness because the first step that you need to have is awareness of how you're using this word against yourself or against other people and how it is making you feel to use this word. And then to start to make some conscious shifts in how you're using this word and if you're using this word and really allow yourself to explore some other ways of being, to let go of some expectations of yourself, to really focus on what is important to you, to really honor your values and honor yourself and the commitments you make to yourself, to let go of your expectations of how other people should be behaving, to really take responsibility and ownership for your thoughts and your feelings, and to have really strong and confident boundaries with other people that are more about your behavior than theirs. I hope that you've gotten a lot of food for thought for this. I am really excited to hear how this serves you and how you implement over the next week. And I would love to have you join me over in my Facebook group, Online Business Building Mamas. I would love to have you pop in there, comment on the post for this episode, and let me know what you thought, what you implemented, what you learned. And if you love this podcast, I would also really appreciate if you would just quickly rate and review wherever you are listening. I have heard that this really helps other people to find the podcast. So I would appreciate it so much if you would just take a few moments to rate and review wherever you listen. All right, everybody. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. If you like this podcast, I want to invite you to coach with me over in my program, Mama to CEO. There's you and there's the consistent income you want to make in your business. And I help you remove everything standing in between. It's lifetime access for mastering your marketing, sales, time, and everything else you need to have the business and life you really want. Whether it's making your first thousand or a hundred thousand, I can help you do it. To join, go to mamatoceo.com, M-A-M-A-T-O-C-E-O.com. 